On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, Jeb, and Grant, uh, we are finally victorious. We got our first Division I win, so we'll be recapping the ETSU game and give a little preview for what hopefully will be another cupcake win against the Wofford Terriers this weekend. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at State of the Dogs. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine yeah. and there's another one. Yeah. In a yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. After a big win. Yeah. Eight against a four and five team for the FCS. And here goes Andre Washington. He skipped through the defenders and he's taking it all the way. On the run, he's got room. Inside the five, Christian wins it. All right, fellas, we are in the win column. We're not counting shorter. We are in the win column. The poor Buccaneers from ETSU uh, weren't blown out quite in the fashion that we would have liked, but, you know, a win is a win. What what were y'all's initial reactions, and then we'll go offense, defense? It was a win, but it wasn't (laughs) a win in the fashion that we – we're expecting no. or that we even talked about. I think what we all kind of said, ETSU would score around 13, 14 points. Yeah, but no more. And they doubled. But no more. And they scored. They put up 28 on us. Yep. Uh, their first touchdowns of the season against the Sanford Bulldogs. What about you, Mike? Yeah, you know, I actually thought, uh, kind of thought the game went how I expected it to go. Um, at least on the offensive front, Jeb, like you said, ETSU scored way more points than we expected what they put up. 21 points in the second quarter. Um, but offensively, it seemed like we were the better team, but we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, I think we had three turnovers in the first half, a couple of bad penalties that kept us out of the end zone. Um, so offensively, felt like what we expected defensively, disappointment, considering how bad ETSU's passing game is. Yeah, I feel that. And we would uh, move on to Grant here, but he has other other things to do tonight. Jeb, we're also very grateful that you're here. It's Monday night. We usually record on Sunday and the Giants are playing. So, you know, everyone bear with us as Grant is missing. And Michael is trying to maneuver to find a uh, good spot because he's dog sitting. Um, but yeah, so the ETSU game was not as awesome as it almost was. It could have been, you know, I rewatched it today and There was a few plays, especially the turnovers, as always, turnovers and penalties, um, that if you flip those and those go away, it is the blowout we expected. But, guys, offensively, do we feel like this was a truly get-right game and we feel a little bit better about where we are, or did we not really see the progress we were expecting uh, and the Furman game in two weeks is going to be as bad as we all think? I think think we may have learned a little bit about our offense – and hopefully we can use that to in some of our games coming up. One of those things I noticed, and maybe the coaching staff has, I, I, you know, we have no idea, is we gave Jay Stanton the ball. Yes. And he, He's a dog. he combined for 179 yards from, from scrimmage, 177 rushing yards. He averaged seven yards per carry. Uh, he had a couple scores. I... Looking at this game, it made me realize we gave Jay Stanton seven carries in the last two games total. Total? Combined? Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. Our team was combining for a, 
I think it was between like 25 and 32 carries total per game. We had 42 attempts from the ground this game. So there was an uptick in this game. Interesting. How many now, passing attempts? Because we had 90 uh, some more plays. So I the, guess I didn't look at the passing attempts. Um, I might need to. Wait, how many rushing attempts did you say? We threw the ball 50 times. Okay. So almost, Thanks, almost one-to-one, which in the preseason we saw last year, that's what our ratio was about. It was like 1.5 to 1 or 1.3. I can't quite remember. But yeah. Interesting, Jeb. Continue. Yeah. And so, you know, it just seems like we weren't giving our guy, our our playmakers in the backfield, the ball enough in the first, <clears throat> in the first uh, you know, four games. So, I mean – Count the shorter game. I, I guess we're not. I don't know. Uh, no. And then, you know, Jay popped off, right? Also, Ty King showed up. Ty King was um, so good. Chandler Smith had a good game, but he's had a good season he's always so good. far, I think, anyway. So, yeah. you know, say what you will. I mean, maybe it's game script. Maybe it's not. It's probably a little bit of game script. But overall, I think Jay Sandin was the player in the game. I hope we just started running the ball more. If he can have over 20 carries a game and kind of be that workhorse for us, we can kind of open up the uh, these games coming up against Wofford and Furman. So that's that's my takeaway on offense. Yeah, um, it's not really something that I was thinking about during the game, but Jeb, were they doing – were we going like more traditional hand the ball to Jay Stanton through the tackles and less bubble screens like we were against Chat? Because uh, I felt like we didn't run the ball a ton against Chat because we were just throwing those screens play after play. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right. Um, but I mean, he had seven carries against Chattanooga. I mean, I didn't. Do you know how many receptions he had or targets he had in uh, against Chattanooga? He had a few because he had that uh, touchdown swing pass. I th- I think I remember. But it's interesting because in, when I was rewatching today, when you as you're looking that up, Mike, as I was rewatching today, I noticed that we were subbing out. We were kind of shifting around our offensive line. And I don't know if that was due to injury, but Darius King did start at uh, right tackle instead of Zach Brown, who did end up making it into the game um, for a little bit. But maybe, Jeb, they weren't just as comfortable with the offensive line mix they had running the ball because that is a serious uptick for our number one back. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it could also be – I mean, we did start off the, the season with heavy competition, right? And that's not – usual for a traditional college football schedule so there isn't really that ramp up time until the meat of the season so it might have just been one of those situations where we we're seeing what everybody had what everybody could do and no one really outshone jay i don't think anyone outside of maybe michael hamilton's run uh one, like one run against auburn or, or one that yeah. i remember um really showed any kind of flash and maybe they're just like, all right, this is our guy. So now that we're in the meat of conference play, we're just going to hand Jay the Rock. My fear is that it's the fact that it's just ETSU. And we needed to give our defense a break uh, and chew up the clock, control the game. And because Michael had already thrown two interceptions in the first half, we weren't as, um, what's the word, eager to keep putting the ball in the air as much, as much. Obviously, we threw 50 times, so. We let Michael eat, but what were we saying, Mike? So, so Sam, the I wanted to correct it. Also, correct something. Yeah, uh, Jason had seven carries against Western Carolina and Auburn. He had thirteen carries against Chattanooga. Still, and then repeat how many he had today or yesterday, two days ago. Sorry, twenty-five. 
That is crazy. I mean, maybe it's the hot hand. I don't know. I, there's really a lot of ways you could you could take that information. Um, how much of it do you all think was just the fact that it's ETSU? Whose defensive line, I wrote down that their nose tackle showed some pretty good uh, plays. He got a lot of pressure up the middle in the second half, but overall, no one was really that impressive. I mean, it, it, it could be Sam, but he's averaging 5.7 yards per carry mm-hmm. on the season. In the Western, uh, in the Chattanooga game, he mm-hmm. averaged five point seven yards. He averaged over seven, just seven yards in against ETSU. Uh, but you know, I mean, the guys—if you're averaging over five yards per carry, like you're a give them the rock. Yeah, that um, is another thing. Is I wrote down. Um, Jay has excellent vision, which we already knew. We've watched him play for a few years. And this offensive line isn't necessarily creating holes that the Western Carolina line is creating. It's kind of a muddled mess. So those cutback lanes are especially important, and a back with Jay's vision is able to take advantage of those. And so maybe he's just able to take advantage more. I would have thought Hamilton would would be able to do that, and maybe he can. They just trust Jay a little bit more with everything else going on in the offense, considering his experience. But I'm with you, man. Feed the guy the rock. So are we just done with Witherspoon? He might be banged. I don't know. I didn't see him play uh, this game. Did y'all check to see if he – carry. He okay. one carry against chat. No carries on Saturday. Yeah, there may be something going on there. Maybe injury, practice. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Sanford, if you can give Jay the ball tw- – How? I keep forgetting, Jeff. How many times was it? To, to, uh, on Saturday? Mm-hmm. 25. 25 times. If you can give – Jay the ball 25 times. I think Witherspoon's role in the offense is probably done, especially when you have Hamilton sitting right there. How do you how do you guys feel about Michael Hire's play? Up and down. Uh one interception was because of he was hurried. The other interception was just a terrible throw. Um other than that, if you're connecting, you know, on enough passes to sustain a drive and score a touchdown, I don't really care. So I think really the only knock we can give are the turnovers. I think he's executing the offense at a fine enough level. I mean, we scored 42 points. We can't be that mad. But the reason the defense gave up 28 was half of Michael's fault with those picks. They started one drive on the 20 and one drive like on the 45. Yeah. And he fumbled that He fumbled that uh, fourth and goal at the, at the two. Oh, that's right. Which giving ETSU better field position, but that wasn't entirely his fault. It was a bad snap. Well, it wasn't a bad enough snap. He totally should have caught it. He had both hands on it. It wasn't over his head. I forgot about that fumble. That was and the other thing about that is we should never have even been in that situation because they we got bailed out by the ref with a uh, personal foul. And then we didn't score the first in the original kind of set of downs because of a holding call. Um, that whole yeah, that was an ugly drive. It was terrible. It was terrible. I think Hires is struggling with the deep ball a little bit, which I mean we've shown that we don't necessarily need that for our offense to succeed. But he has missed pretty big on a bunch of open receivers. Yeah, and he hit on that at the post game because he mentioned that, and and as an Oklahoma fan, also watching Dylan Gabriel suffer through that last year. I think he's right. I think you just need to hit on one, and then you kind of find your rhythm. And the one he hit with Ty King uh, after missing one, you know, with Ty King, 
I think that hopefully, hopefully should give them a little bit of rhythm to build on, but you really never know, right? Like they I mean, hit on I've that been, one. Can they, will they do it Joe again? Joe Milton over throw receivers for right. two years now. Well, so. that's kind of his, that's his identity though as a passer. <laughs> it's not, that's a little different. Um, but yeah, the deep ball, I don't think, I think if we should come away with anything, it's our, uh, the growth, as you said, Jeb, in the run game and that we need to hammer the rock and the fact that the wide receiver core is our strength as an offense. I mean, all those guys were making plays. Yeah, did you all see if Brandon Jenkins, did y'all, did he ever come back in after kind of hobbling off? I forgot to go back and look. I didn't notice in real time or rewatching. Yeah, I wasn't keeping an eye on it, but I he's just, been impressive. He only, he only had four catches. I didn't. Okay, so maybe he didn't. Yeah, maybe he didn't come back on. I mean, yeah, like even then you got Rias and and uh, and Mason. I mean, there's some straight dogs out there at wide receiver. O line is the clear weakness. I think we can say that to this point. Was Rias out? I don't think he played. Yeah, he was hurt again. Yeah. And RJ started. EJ Mason. Yeah, EJ Mason's been playing well. He's a dog. And then Ian Cousins going to be a beast in a couple. Oh, of years. Cousin made a Freshman. nice play this. Uh, maybe more than one, but there's one in particular that came into into mind. And even Ismail was out there making some nice plays. So the wide receiver room is the strength. Offensive line is the weakness. Steady Eddie with Jay Stanton back there at the back. Um, and then Michael, I guess you just ride or die on on the quarterback. They're not going to put Quincy out there as long as you have Michael healthy. I think we know a lot more about this team. We There's a lot more we just didn't want to know that we do know now. Like all of our bias going into the season, all of the national hype, all of that crap, we wanted to confirm so badly. We wanted to say, oh, the Western game was a fluke. The offense will find their rhythm. Oh, the uh, uh, UTC game was a fluke. The offense will find – no. Our offense commits turnovers uh, and penalties. That's what we do. We now have to learn to commit fewer to survive in advance because the talent is there. But Jeb, you were right, man. On Saturday, discipline is not. Yeah, that's what I mean. We talked about it last week. I kind of put the question out there. I said, "What is it? I mean, is it is it this team just can't like find a rhythm or find that vein for success, or is it that they have a discipline problem mm-hmm. and the CT game?" Gave us the answer. Discipline. Um, discipline in decision-making. Discipline in committing boneheaded penalties. And so there's some penalty. The whole, so That holding call, you know, Michael would have been sacked. You can't really count that as a loss of a touchdown opportunity because he would have been drilled. So there are penalties that are warranted. Um, or at least that if you don't make them, it's a bad result either way. But still, penalty is a penalty. And we, we tend to make more boneheaded ones than ones that were going to be a bad result regardless so let's move to the defense um we can take this so many ways because etsu's offense is atrocious uh their quarterback we were making fun of him looks like a punter he has a disheveled look with those low nike socks like get that middle school swag out of here guys defensively we gave up 28 points one of the worst offenses in the conference are there any good take i think there are but i want to hear what y'all have to say i will say ETSU's offensive line looked so good. It was very impressive. But what does that say about our defensive line? I mean, I feel like the defensive line has been 
almost a bright spot. I mean, you can't say it's a bush compared to the defense. Mara got a nice sack. Mara got a nice. He did, sack. yeah. Blew up the blew up that hole or the gap, and then really was on. I mean, he was blocked a little bit, but but like you know, they're not going to throw the ball. So why would you not stack the box more than we did, or did we? Sam, you're the football guy. Um, no, we did not stack the box. That was one thing that uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I felt like we were sticking to our three four. Yeah, one, we one, they were going to throw the ball. Yeah, so it was interesting you say that, Mike. In the beginning of their their first or their best real drive at the very beginning, the very first drive they had, where they were gashing us on the run, what they were doing is they were lining up in bunch, and I couldn't. It's hard to tell with ETSU because they just aren't that good. Is I didn't know if it was play action or RPO. I couldn't tell if the quarterback was actually reading something or not. But what they were doing is they were slowing us down just enough for those safeties. So the safety started about 10 yards off the ball each play. Um, but they would disguise it well enough for where the safeties wouldn't be coming down for run support until it was clearly a run. And by that point, the back is already hitting the second level and they're getting six or seven yards. So no, we were not, suffice it to say, we were not stacking the box, uh, but they were also trying to make sure we didn't stack the box. They ran bunch a lot. When they when they went to more of a traditional spread look, uh, it did not go too well. Sometimes they would get a few a couple of nice plays, but for the most part, the run game dissolved into nothing. They really were were using their tight end slash fullback um, and then wide receivers just to create a muddled mess and hoping to get a couple linebackers caught up in there uh, so the back could break free, which happened which did happen quite a bit. And then that one play that will forever stick in my mind when Riddle freaking ran it for. 40 yards in the third quarter. I was like, oh my God, we're making this guy look so good. But anyway, keep keep going. I do think the ETSU podcast said that Riddle or Riddell is the best quarterback ETSU has had in several years. So he, they, he said that he was clutch or like made big plays, but that dude sucks. <laughs> yeah. His first throw was a pick in a if they kept one. running the ball, if they kept running the ball in that first drive, they would have scored a touchdown. And instead, yes. they ball, it was one of the worst. Passes <laughs> 100%. 100%. Their offensive line bullied us. I don't know. I mean, our defense has given up almost 33 points per game. Yeah, not good. Uh, that paired with the fact that ETSU put up their first touchdowns of the season Four. against us, and it was Four 28 points. Um, I mean, Sam, you were talking about, I know you already talked about, but the first quarter, the defense looked good. You said, you know, going into the second yeah, quarter. Yeah, first quarter, looked defense good. looked good. And halfway through the second. Yeah. I remember, so Coach Haz was going in the locker room. The on-field reporter asked <laughs> how, uh, you know, how, what do you think about the team in the first half? What are we doing? Coach Hatch said, you know, I think our defense is playing really well. I think ETSU had put up 21 points, and I texted texted you guys i was like what do you mean the defense is There's, they're no, not playing see, well like yeah, yeah. i mean like, i guess he, he was really about? talking about what you were what you were seeing sam yeah the tackling Maybe, was good but... uh we we forced plenty of punts their punter's really good okay they got their a punter. very good punter i was their wondering to hit the portal i was about to say i was wondering how fast can you hit hit the portal and get a little nil deal together because our punter's not good and we could totally use uh, that kid's leg for the field position game, which we lose. We even lost to ETSU that battle. So I that's was thinking one about that. not great thing. When you're like a really good punter, maybe you just want to play for a team with a bad offense so you get more time on the field. 
That's a good point, Mike. A little. I don't know. Yeah, I like I like NFL that. scouts have more. Yeah, more yeah, reps more out there, baby. I'm like kind of being sarcastic, but at the same time. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I'm kind of furious. Good strategy. But yeah, Jeb, I like re-watching the game. You see where Hatch is coming from. The tackling was good. Pass defense was good. But in the back of your mind, you're like, this is one of the worst offenses. This is a terrible quarterback. They have one real wide receiver. Um, this is not like if you aren't playing that way, then you are not good. And then all of a sudden we give up 21 points. You don't give up 14 points in four minutes and say your defense is good. No, that does not happen. You don't let them go on a one minute, 15 second, 20 second drive to tie up the game and say your defense is good. Yeah, at the same time, uh, you look at our statistics, bottom in the league in sacks. Yeah. uh, Middle of the pack in interceptions. We have a ton of sacks against us. (laughs) Yeah, we throw a lot. I think we I think we had just total plays one and a half or almost two times as many as ETSU. So that kind of comes with the territory. But yeah, not surprising we're lowest in sacks. The D line, Mayor Mayor had a, that one awesome play. But other than that, the defensive line did not impress. They certainly did not really make any plays when it came to stopping the run. I think the backers and the safeties made almost every single play. I can't think of one just think just thinking about it, you know. I can't think of one off the top of my head where oh, I got one. Yeah, there was one play where Johnny Johnson I think made a play up the middle uh, to stop a run. But other than that, the defense is a weakness. The secondary is a weakness. The pass, oh my god, we don't in fact, honestly, I think it's all just one the linebackers are the most impressive group, but I think in tandem, the poor defensive line play or lack of pressure combined with a below average secondary as far as execution results in a very lackluster secondary um, because we aren't rushing the quarterback. So he's got plenty of time to make the decision and we don't have the best corners. And so there's plenty of good decisions to make. Just not a good recipe for success. Guys, any last yeah, thoughts? I, I think the whole this whole season we've been dogging on the secondary, but but, you know, the front three, in this case, need to do more to help the secondary. So we yeah. can't just put it all in the secondary. No, 100%. It's not fair. Like, if they, they, if they have 10 seconds to defend out there, it ain't going to work. Player of the game or unit of the game, ETSU's offensive line, even though they lost. I just feel <laughs> bad they don't have a quarterback that can make yeah, they're good. better. They're good. They they're good. They're lean, athletic. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Jeb? I'm going to mail the quarterback some new socks. <laughs> Yes, dude. Get him something uh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow, if I had to, um, yeah, players in the game, I said it earlier, Jay Stanton, um, just give him the rock. Yeah. Cool. I love that point. Oh, that is a phenomenal point that we talked about in the preseason overall, like yep. looking back, and we never came back to it. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you saw that and brought it back up. Um, all right, boys. So before we head on to our little trivia, uh, we got we got to talk about Whammy. If you're a listener of the pod, you know Sanford Sports gets us excited, but we couldn't cover all of our bases without good coffee. Before we start our game day, we love brewing up a pot of Whammy coffee. Not only does Whammy produce excellent coffee, they also make it fun to drink. With a mystery toy in every bag of beans, you can pair our podcast with a cup of Whammy for a perfect start to the morning. With quick shipping and rotating options, you can find your favorite bag of coffee anytime at whammycoffee.com. That's W-H-A-M-M-Y coffee.com. All right, fellas. Uh, I definitely guzzle. I'm, I think I'm drinking like eight cups of coffee on the weekends. 
I don't know why, but I'm going almost too quickly through my bags of whammy. But the trivia question. Old gold and black. Okay, those are Wofford's colors. They share them with two other Southern private schools. There might be others. There might be others, but they share them with two other private uh, schools in the South, Wake Forest and Vanderbilt. Put in order the founding date of these, or you know, put in order the oldest to newest uh, of these institutions. That's a good question. We all have ties to each of these schools. Yeah, something that George and I discovered uh, talking on the phone a couple weeks. That's my brother. Uh, a couple weeks ago. You ready? I'm ready. Jeb. Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. Walford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michael. It's tough. Uh, I'm gonna go Wake Forest, Walford, Vanderbilt, just because Walford's on the East Coast. I feel like those schools are typically older. Interesting. Uh, I like the logic. I like the logic. Because you are correct, Michael Wilson, with the trivia. Both of y'all got Wake. But it, Wofford was founded slightly earlier than Vandy. I think it's literally a year or two. Um, would love a fact check here. Would love a fact check. Because if, in fact, Vanderbilt is older and Wofford didn't, in fact, give, give them their, their colors, that's even more crap I can give to my brother who is a unfortunate Wofford alum. So what's the story there? You're saying that Vandy... So the story Wofford goes like Wofford gave Vanderbilt their first president and their colors and some something like that. I don't know. I, don't, right. I think it's just kind of lure that Wofford holds on to to remain relevant in some semblance to an institution of higher education. Kind of kidding. Yes, yeah, so Wofford was established in 1854 and Vanderbilt was established in 1873. Let's move on to the actual Wofford game. So Wofford is coming into this game hot, boys. And by hot, I mean hot as a glacier coming in without a win they've lost to william and mary and presbyterian uh, among a few others they have a terrible offense they average 12 points a game 12 points uh the rushing attack isn't bad the passing attack is which is ironic considering their coach is uh, supposed to be a passing attack guy but the defense is okay the defense has made every single game relatively competitive utc last week they lost 13 to 23 you know a two score game VMI, they lost 17 to 14. Presbyterian, they lost 23 to 20. Uh, William and Mary, who at the time was a top 10 team, they lost 23 to 6, or top 15, I think. Um, so the defense is pretty good, but the offense is not like at all. So what are we what are we thinking? Um it's, this is obviously another kind of get right game, another game to build some confidence because I don't think – we would have to really play our specialty of turnovers and penalties to give the Wofford offense any kind of chance here. Basically, if you score more than 20 points, you win the game, and that will happen yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Wofford's uh, averaging 12 points per game. They're leading the league in penalties. Oh, we have a rival out there for least disciplined team. Tell me more. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're actually middle of the pack in total number of penalties. That makes me feel better. When it comes to, well, we're still in middle of the pack in yards <laughs> after penalty. But um, yeah, Wofford's leading the league, the SOCON, in 40. They have 40 total penalties for 316 yards total. They average about 63 yards per game. <laughs> off penalties we That's average so about six. Uh, chattanooga is the but most how many do we average 
I'm sorry. How many how many yards do we average? Uh, forty six. Okay, okay. So that's a stat that. Okay, I thought about. I was like, all right, so we're going into this next week against a team that's less disciplined than us, mm-hmm. and they average twelve points a game. Um, <laughs> we are allowing, uh, you know, thirty points a game, mm-hmm. right? Let's see how this goes. Does Wofford put up 30 points like ETSU did? Or do we actually have some... They might. ...disciplined game and we hold them to under 12 points? I don't know. We'll see. We will. Those were my thoughts looking at the matchup. Coming That's interesting. That's interesting. Mike, what, do you, what are you seeing? I love that we're possibly going to face a team that's less disciplined than us. Did not think that was possible. <laughs> I did not either. I think... We've got to give them a little credit because they have had a tough schedule, except that they should have beaten Presbyterian. So Yeah, it has been a tough slate. Uh, That's true. We, like, I didn't talk about Pitt. They, That's know. an obvious loss. Well, Pitt, obvious loss. William & Mary. Yeah, they had two top 25 opponents in UTC and William & Mary. So Right, and then VMI, like, you know, they've been playing better than people expected. So, like, I don't, you know, I don't think 0-4 is, like, an accurate depiction of, of Wofford, but – I put them in the same bucket as ETSU. You know, they don't have a good offense. Their defense isn't good enough to give their offense a chance. And I think we should have similar results as last week, uh, if not better defensively for us. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the classic. You look at their strength, defense. You look at our strength, offense. Is our offense better than their defense? Yes. Um. In fact, their weakness is worse than our weakness, it looks like. So, with that said, we should have beaten ETSU about forty, about 56 to 14. Uh, and that was a 42 to 28 point game with ETSU getting the ball back to make it a one score game there at the end. So, it's hard to say. Uh, Jeb, I think if we run the ball, if we follow your advice and look at what gave us success last year, and our pass to rush attempts is about even or just a little bit uh, over favoring the passing, I think we win this game. There is a scenario, okay? The the genie's out of the bottle. Our team is so, uh, mm, cap- so much capable of more, but also so prone to just underperformance that there is a scenario where Michael Hires comes out there, throws two picks, fumbles the ball twice, Offensive line holds a couple of uh, guys to prevent a couple touchdowns uh, that get called back. The defense gets gashed on the ground because that's basically all Wofford is going to want to do um, since their passing attack is so meager. There's a scenario where, where Wofford could, could win this uh, could win an ugly game, an ugly game, something like 24-27 to 20, like just something ugly. That's ugly for the SOCON. That's not ugly for the SEC. Just one point I was thinking about. Wofford and our our defense and Wofford's defense, Wofford's averaging or allowing or has allowed about, yeah, they're about middle of the pack or bottom barrel, really, in, in rushing yards allowed. Mm. Total offense allowed, we're actually worse. Well, yeah, does that surprise but, us? But I mean, I don't know if you take the Pitt and the Auburn game out, what does that look like? Or sure, whatever. But um, that's interesting that their rush defense is bad. Is so bad. 
I mean, ours is too. So I'm like, well, how's it, how's this going to go? You know? Sure. But I think it goes back to what I said a minute ago, where their strength is not as good as our strength. So yeah, that's yeah. Jay might, Jay might have himself another day. He had a career, it was a career rushing day, right? Against ETSU. I have not seen him go for over a buck 50. So I think maybe one time last week, I heard him say that, but I don't quote me. So Assuming that's true, I think he. I mean, it's looking more and more like you. You give Jay the rock, he's gonna, he's gonna reward you. He maybe goes over two hundred. How hype would that be? It does look like their D line can get after the quarterback, so that's oh. probably an area for concern. Well, there you go. Uh, I mean, they've got eight sacks on the season, considering who they've played. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think we've got six on the season. That's very interesting. Okay. Okay. The doomsday scenario is not as uh, unlikely as I'd like it to be. And we really have to enjoy this because we really only have one more guaranteed win on the schedule, and that's Citadel. All right, here's your uh, here's your stat check on Jay Stanton. Yeah, he, has, he didn't even go over 100 yards rushing last season. Wow. Wow. So. But it was also a much – it was a two-headed, was a career game. two-headed uh, horse back there um, or two-headed attack. This year seems a little more imbalanced. Looking for, we just don't have two equals consistently, or at least they don't trust two guys consist consistently. So Jay would have gone over because we averaged almost two hundred yards rushing or hundred and like eighty yards rushing right last year a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Michael Hires has always a decent run at some point. Different team last year. Unfortunately, very different. And we are uh, one comment that um, was made at the ETSU game, which we'll see how true it really is going into the Wofford game. Well, so our defense coordinator says, you know, the guys are just kind of now learning how to practice well together, considering a bunch of them are transfers and such. And in my mind, I'm like, this is the recipe that you all have chosen, right? Y'all have, as a coaching staff, has have decided as an FCS program in Alabama our best route or our most efficient route for success is through the portal, not high school and development, uh, even though we really don't have many kids transfer out. So they have chosen that. And the risk of that is exactly what he just said, is you're four or five games into the season and your guys are just now becoming a team. Well, you look up and you're one and three, okay? And you're getting right against a terrible ETSU team and a terrible Wofford team. But if your defense is just now learning how to practice, that's not good. At all. I'm telling you, it's those northern, those northern boys aren't used to the heat down here. Get them out of there, man. Got we need guys from- we need Mississippi, Cajuns, Floridians, Alabamians, exactly. Georgians, Tennesseans. Shoot, maybe. we'll even we'll even you know get the bottom of the barrel Carolinian kids, right, Jeb? No, we save we save them for basketball. <laughs> Ooh, we're gonna be doing a little basketball preview soon, but. Uh, yeah, Wofford is not good. I, I just don't think I – the defense is just concerning. I don't feel bad. I don't feel uneasy about our offense putting up points. I just feel super uneasy about the defense even handling a, a terrible offense, which is this is one of the worst after what we just watched. So that to me is the biggest question mark. If we If the defense can hold its own – and play like it did the first quarter of the ETSU game and really not replicate anything it did in the other quarters, then, um, yeah, yeah, I think we run away with it easy. It's a stress-free game. 
Otherwise, we might be looking at one of the more embarrassing losses in the Hatcher era. Yeah, the more the more I look at this, the more I agree. I mean, they can get after the ball or get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They force turnovers, five interceptions, and only six touchdowns allowed, passing wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you beat us. We look like a, a high school team against Western because of turnovers and penalties. Uh, we look out of sync and out of whack against 10,000 people playing UTC because of turnovers and penalties. And that's in our heads. I think after the game, Jay Staten said the losses, Jeb, you had mentioned this last week, the losses were in our minds. It was good to get back in the win column. And Coach yeah. Hatcher said the team officially decided to start a new season last week. That's news to me. I didn't realize that we were allowed to just wipe the slate clean. Uh, but they decided to under their own free will. And we're 1-0 apparently in this new season. And we'd like to be 2-0. But there's just this human part of me that can't let go 1-3. And, and I don't think those players, I don't think that leaves their minds uh, just as easily as they can put it out into I mean, words. The one that I can't let go of is the Western Carolina game. I understand the loss to UTC. Yeah, yeah. You give up two two pick sixes? Is bad. But you give up two in-conference games early in the season. That's what's bad. Right, exactly. We had one in-conference loss at this point. Like, it's really not that bad, but... Yeah, in a vacuum, you can rationalize anything. You look at it holistically, though, this is a team that is underperforming, is not nearly as good as we thought, or really anyone thought they would be. Not, not saying that they still can't be that team we all thought they could be, but Furman's coming quick, and Furman's looking good. And if we can't roll past this Wofford team, homecoming's going to be ugly. What do you think the mindset of the players is right now? Like, obviously everybody's a little disappointed. Statistically, <clears throat> I think we could still make the playoffs. But Yeah, if we I win out. I don't think anybody believes the way that we've been playing that it's possible, but do you think the players? I need the players to believe in it, yeah. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. It's not when our offense clicks. If we don't get in uh, uh, in our own way, our defense plays just good enough. We can beat Furman. We can beat UT Martin. You know, UT Martin might be a top ten team by the time we play them. I think they're up to fourteen or thirteen, maybe even eleven. Furman's up to four. In the latest so that's poll, two. Furman top five. So I'm not worried about making the playoffs if we went out, especially nationally. The the picture past the like the top seven is so muddy it is so muddy uh there's plenty of time plenty of games left but at this point ironically boys we need to adopt what coach hatcher said after he said they uh started a new season and it's what michael hires relayed it's that the fact that every week they got to go one and oh win each week the rest will take care of itself win against wofford and then we can worry about Furman. but don't forget we have Furman at home too yeah, I don't care if we had it in um, the locker room, Jeb. We would get we'll get, we would get waxed if we came out against uh, Furman like we did against UTC. I sure want to see that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to our picks. Let's get to our picks, guys. We killed it last week. No one picked a game wrong, and the way I ended up doing it was the closest score just got one point. Um, and no one else got a point, but no one got dinged. Like, you didn't get uh, an L for not guessing the score. So, what are the standings right now? Um, so, everyone went 4-0, but 
Mike and I were the only ones to score more than two. So Jeb, you and Grant scored two points. Mike and I got three because Mike got the Sanford game right, and then I got the uh, Furman the Furman game. I can't remember off the top of my head, but the other game we like to score. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think Grant Grant's still ahead percentage wise. He's twelve and two. That's like eighty some odd percent. Uh, Mike is eighteen and five. That's like maybe eighty. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Jeb, you're ten and eight. That is not eighty percent. And then I'm 16 and seven, which is about 70 some odd percent, maybe 75 ish. So Je- uh, Grant and Michael are certainly in the lead. Grant may be an insurmountable lead. Conference play is a lot easier to pick than non-conference play. So this, the, the game might already be over. Grant might have already won. But let's get to the picks for this week. This week's slate, pretty interesting, um, especially considering – the fact that ETSU's offense has come alive against Sanford's defense. Well, ETSU or Mercer is at ETSU. Sanford is at Wofford. Citadel is at Furman and Western travels to Chattanooga in what is the game of the week. In my opinion, I'm sure it's the Ingles game of the week. I'm sorry. Sorry, mocks and catamounts. It's going to be a terrible broadcast, but boys, Sanford at Wofford. What is your score? Assuming no one is picking Wofford. And if you do, you get triple points. If Wofford wins. I'm going to go 38-12. Okay. <laughs> Literally taking their average score, <laughs> Mike. I was going to say 38, but I don't want to copy Jeb, so I'm going to go... That's fine. It's the point Pessimistic Mike, I'm going to say we score 31. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to think Wofford might put up 18. I like that. I like that. Let's see what Grant sent in. Grant said 45-17. Whoa. That's basically what I'm going. I'm going 45-21. I think Wofford scores three times. I don't think our defense is good enough to hold them to anything uh, less. And then also, boys, Citadel Furman. Uh, we all think Furman's going to win, but what is what is the score? Grant went Grant went 55-3. to three. Yeah, I'm going to go probably like 60-10. to 60 to 10. 10. Mike? When's the last time a SoCon team has pulled their starters for an in-conference game? Because I think it's going to happen this weekend. Can that be the uh, trivia question next week? (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how we track that. We were Uh, on pace to pull our starters against UTC last year, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get up to 55-60. I'm going to stick with like 48 to 6. Okay. Uh, I'm going going 42-0. I don't think Citadel scores. And Mercer at ETSU. Jeb, who you got? Um, Mercer. Mercer. Mike, who we rolling with? Mercer, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grant went Mercer. I'm going Mercer. There's if, if it's not Mercer, then maybe, guys, our team is awesome. <laughs> uh, and then Western traveling to UTC in uh, what should be an awesome battle on the trenches. Grant UTC. went UTC. Jeb, you said UTC. Mike, you got me. Wow, that's tough. Uh, I'm sticking with Western. I'm <laughs> I'm still impressed by them. So even the contrarian, the contrarian. All right, so Mike went Western. Jeb went UTC. Oh, that's tough. It's like giving me a good game. I think I think I'm going UTC because I think UTC has the edge at quarterback. I think Western has a 
Yeah, but maybe a better offensive line than UTC, but UTC also has a better defense than Western. So I'm definitely going, and it's at UTC, uh, and ETS, or ETSU, and WCU ruined the mock season last year. So, yeah, I'm going to stick, yeah, UTC, man. Go, go mocks. I think Grant made a joke that, oh, he's never picking Wofford. So never mind. For a minute, I thought in my mind it might have been ETC. He's never picking Wofford. So never mind. Never mind. So everyone but Mike going Western Carolina. All right. I just don't see it in the cards, Chief. But we'll it's my see. only chance to. Is that the only pick this whole week that was different? Yeah, that's why we started going to the scores. Makes it a little more interesting. All right. Because otherwise, the yeah, it's just dumb. All right. So stated, and maybe maybe we start doing it against the spread. Uh, if if. That seems a little more fun, but I don't know when the lines are published. I don't even know if that's possible. Anyway, let's wrap it up, boys. State of the Bulldogs. Um, women's soccer is on a heater. Once again, found a hot streak. They blanked VMI and UNCG. We are, I think I saw on Twitter, we're top 10 or maybe sixth in the nation in clean sheets. So that's awesome. And we travel to Furman and have Citadel at home this week. Guys, women's soccer, we say it all the time, it is our best, by far, uh, sports program on campus. And they are starting, they you know, they started SoCon playoff a little rough, a little rough. Um, but it looks like they found their groove, and I would be stunned if we don't continue to find our groove. Especially with the defense and goalie play that we're seeing. It's just... I mean, if you can't score, you ain't going to lose. And at the worst, that's a tie. So, Sam, I think the stat might have been only team in the country to have 10 clean sheets on the season. Mm, that's even more impressive. I think. I have to get back No, to that sounds right. Confirm. That sounds right. No, that sounds right. That's amazing. I wish I went to more soccer games when I was yeah. at school. Yeah. In the fall, the beautiful weather. It's a great stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Grab a little purple onion, head over to the game. Mm. All right, so women's volleyball. So we talked last week. Furman and Wofford, very solid seasons. We thought Wofford was going to be the one we could win, I believe. Um, but we dropped both. We lost both. The Furman one was much tighter. We lost Wofford to 3 Furman, though, we lost 2-3. to Western and ETSU, on the other hand. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we can at least get a win from one of these. Um, ETSU has one win, I repeat, one win against UNCG, one win on the entire season. So even non-conference and like tournament play? Everything. Everything. Like preseason tournament. Zero play. zero wins. Uh Western Carolina. Western Carolina has four wins on the season. Uh one of those is against Green Bay, which I did not know they had a college in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Assuming that's the same place. Uh yeah, actually, my uh, sister-in-law's cousin played basketball. No there. way, dude! What is? Yeah, dude, small they're actually pretty world. good. She got drafted to the WNBA. Holy crap! What? You have a cousin in the WNBA? No, my sister-in-law's cousin. Oh, different. but I think she oh. plays overseas. Okay. I don't know how that works. That's awesome, though, dude. All right, so Green yeah, Bay. It's a, big, it's a big campus. Wow! Never would have thought. Uh, their wins are Green Bay, UNC Asheville. NC Central and ETSU. So a little bit tougher of opponent, a little bit tougher, not not much tougher. We do have some common opponents, Florida State, Georgia. Other than 
that they also lost to Furman. They lost two to three though. We lost O three, and they play Citadel and Mercer, who we have not played yet. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, we have not played uh, Mercer, but we did. We have already lost the Citadel, which they did as well too. So a little bit tougher of a matchup against Western. We should beat. We should beat uh, ETSU though. So we would get our second conference win, our second conference win, our first being against UNCG way back on September 22nd. Uh, and it's been three straight L's since. But the uh, Lady Dogs will be looking for a sweet taste of victory, hopefully on Saturday against CTSU, and who knows against Western. In other news, uh, Montreal, Washington was last, this was last week's news, but he's officially on the Chiefs active roster. And Chiefs fans seem to love him as a returner. I would say Chiefs fans seem like pretty nerdy football fans where they kind of geek out over just a shifty returner or any specialized position where there's a clear advantage of you know whatever they're doing. I don't, they might even geek out on their long snapper if his snap time is like 0.2 seconds less. I don't know. It doesn't surprise me, though. They're, those people are diehard fans. So awesome to see that Montreal has a home and that he's appreciated. So, you know, you got to start at the returner. Maybe he'll work his way into the rotation. The Chiefs wide receiver rotation is certainly not set in stone. They have guys um, basically trying out week in, week out to see who who's, who are going to be the four main guys hitting the field. So a lot of exciting opportunity, and he gets to be with Andy Reid. Just in, in an awesome system. And Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, and golly, why did we have to bring that up? We went this whole podcast without bringing up Taylor Swift. Uh, Had to. Yeah, I guess. You didn't, it though. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome for Montreal. Just one little update that I that we have not given yet, uh, but would be fun. If, if you didn't know, now you do. And be watching out for him on the Chiefs. Maybe, maybe we'll get a nice little highlight of a touchdown or something because uh, he is an absolute stud on the field. But other than that, ball is coming. Uh, it's not quite here yet in Atlanta. It's like every every day it kind of comes and goes, but it's getting close. Wa- boy, you know, everybody enjoy the Wofford game because it could be a lean season from here on out until Citadel, uh, which I think immediately follows Furman, but still could be a lean se- remainder of the season uh, after this weekend. So hopefully enjoy the win. Hopefully the doomsday scenario we talked about does not come true. It's college football, baby. You never know. No, I think it'll be a good game. Unfortunately, I, you know, it's one of those games that shouldn't be good, but it probably will be entertaining, just like ETSU was. So yeah. things we're looking for are uh, just not shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, lay low with the penalties, see if Michael Hirsch can protect the ball, and uh, see if our offensive line can protect Hirsch against that pretty uh, talented uh, Wofford D-line. So. Should be a good good game though. Yeah. No, unfortunately it will. And for family pride, uh, I love to give my brother crap every time we beat Wofford, and he always likes to respond. Wofford has more SoCon titles than Sanford's could even dream of, and it's like we live in the present, brother. They're also about to be D three, so <laughs> yeah. That's what I always I remind him. You know, you're on the verge of being Division three at any moment, right? So just keep that in mind, buddy. But yeah. Wofford Sanford this weekend, one of my favorite games of the year. Let's beat the freaking Terriers. Go dogs. 
State of the Bulldogs is out. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford, about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all.